Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi award winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hits. Viruses can change, second waves can come and go, and everything can change. But one thing is for sure, a lot of hassle, or should I say, there's certainly a lot of pressure, a lot of focus on the pubs at the moment. And I read an opinion piece from Professor Ruri uh, Bruga, an Emirates professor of public health and epidemiologist uh, in RCSI, or as RCSI, and he's calling upon a, the new government to temporarily close all the pubs to give them time to prevent the second wave of COVID-19 spiralling out of control when he said it will inevitably hit us. And I want to know, do you agree with him? Do you believe the pubs opened too early? Do you think they should all close again after the scenes in Dame Lane the other night? Now, by the way, I was the first to defend the scenes in Dame Lane. And the reason I defended it was when you only open half of the pubs or less than half of the pubs, 40% of them because they have a restaurant license, what do you expect? People are going to crowd into one area. For example, what happened on Saturday night, 100 yards up the road in Temple Bar, where most of the pubs are, closed. There was nobody. So they were all in one area. So I, I thought the better idea, rather than, you know, of course, closing them all, would be to open them all and not just open some of them. But anyway, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, I want to know what you think. Should the pubs close again? Is it too early? I mean, they're, they're, there's a lot of pressure now at the moment. 26 pubs, according uh, to Ungarda Shea were in breach of the health regulations and licensing laws, even after providing the premises with the opportunity to rectify the situation. They've not named the pubs in question, and the guardies say a file has been prepared for the Director of Public Prosecutions. Uh, the force said that in many cases, the guardie found customers consuming alcohol without evidence of food because food is clearly the cure for COVID-19, also being consumed and no evidence of food on the receipts as well. So I want to know what you think. So on the line is Professor Ruri Brua. And uh, Ruri, good afternoon to you. Afternoon, Niall. And thank you. And I know I probably pronounced your name wrong the first time, by the way. So it is Brua, isn't it? It is, but I had a smile when you introduced me as Professor uh, Emirates. Oh, I know. We just had. A... I, I was wondering, was I going to get uh, sort of free travel on, on, on air? Off to Dubai or somewhere like that? Yes, absolutely. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Would you? But here's the thing, Rory. Would you go away at the moment? Well, actually, I, I wouldn't. And just to take up on the last caller, there, uh, one one of the problems is uh, you, you identify a country that looks safe. Uh, you book uh, ahead of time, but by the time you then plan to go, uh, countries like Portugal looked very safe at one point. Um, Greece does look safe at the moment, but you just need to be prepared that you, if you're, you're taking the risk, you may be going into a country which has just experienced a, a, a surge, and that might have implications in terms of the risks to you and then the risks of bringing back the virus. But there's also the, there's also the case of, and I know Tara mentioned Greece a few minutes ago, mm. and currently at the moment you're probably safer in Greece than you are in Ireland. But here's the problem. If you're meeting with other tourists from Germany and France and Spain and other countries around the world in Greece, they're then bringing their problem all to the same place, I suppose. Is that the argument, I imagine? Yeah, I mean, there's two ways that we're going to import uh, the virus, and that's by uh, people leaving uh, to go on trips overseas uh, and bringing it back, or tourists coming here. But actually, right now, Ireland is just about the safest place uh, in Europe to be in terms, okay, in terms of the, the virus that's circulating. And we weren't, I, I know two months ago we were in a bad place because we're still kind of in the top 15 uh, of countries with the highest deaths per million because we have a small little population here of 5 million people. So to lose nearly 2,000 of our citizens to, uh, to this virus was quite a lot, to be honest with you. Now, we all know why that happened, of course, because we took our eye off the ball early in the game when it came to those who were most vulnerable. Um, but we seem to have got a handle on it. So I imagine, Rory, you would agree that 
currently at the moment in the community uh, with possibly 400 infections in total, little over 400 in the community at the moment. Um, we've essentially suppressed the virus and the chances of catching it statistically are quite low at the moment, but that could change, couldn't it? Well, there's two reasons why uh, it, it could take off quite quickly again in the community. We talked about bringing the virus uh, back into the country. The other reason is that uh, the virus is circulating, but the age distribution has changed, and it's mainly young people now who are presenting with it. And the problem is that many young people are asymptomatic. They don't have symptoms, but may be transmitting the virus. And others, even if they do have symptoms, say, ah, just a bit of a, bit of a flu. And, and maybe they've been engaging in some risky behavior, maybe house parties, and they kind of know, oh, God, I don't want anybody lecturing to me. So uh, we, there is definitely virus out there. The, the cases that are reported are a, a minority. It might only be 10% of the cases they get reported. And uh, the, the risks don't get reported for a, you know, one to two weeks. So we appear to be in a good place, but actually we could lose our advantages very quickly. But, I mean, we've seen um, complacency before the phases even started seven weeks ago, before our lockdown started to open up again in the phases. We've seen a lot of complacency. People were meeting each other again and kind of breaking the rules. Not too much. I mean, look, no government expected everybody to comply with every single rule. Uh, They knew there was going to be a level of uncompliance, but that's taken into consideration when you're doing your epidemiologist uh, or your immunology statistics, I imagine, right? So, now we're in a situation for the last four weeks where literally a lot of people are back to work. People are meeting each other again. I mean, I am seeing people handshaking every now and again. They shouldn't do it, but I am seeing people doing it. I see people very close to each other talking in groups and girls and guys. And yet we're not seeing a huge increase in cases. So does that not suggest to us that either the virus, and I, you, you're the epidemiologist, not me, but the virus is getting weaker or it's just running out of people? No, no, it's just that uh, we, we, we've reached a point where uh, we, we have managed to suppress it to a low level. One of the things we need to remember about the epidemic in Ireland is that we had uh, the highest reported level of infections among health workers and the second highest reported level of infections among nursing homes and long-term residential units. And we actually had a, a very easy time, comparatively speaking, in the community. Let me turn to what, what are the risks uh, around the pubs because it's the, you know this. Is okay, okay. So yeah, let's yeah. get back to the pub. So if I go out to a pub, uh, you know, at fifty six years of age, um, so I'm kind of I'm not really in the high risk category, but I'm obviously more of a risk than a twenty year old. I mean, am I taking a big risk going to a busy pub because? We seen what happened in Dame Lane in Dublin the other night. Now, my theory on that was, by the way, if more pubs were open, that probably wouldn't have happened. But you have the opposite theory. Um, no, actually, I, I I think you were right in saying this. Uh, opening up to some pubs uh, may have caused bigger problems. And when you actually read what the the representatives of the you know the licensed vintners association, the Vintners Federation of Ireland, they expressed concerns right back four days before the the, the, the this partial opening of pubs that many of their members fear that they couldn't have the, the proper measures in place and didn't want to risk opening the pubs. Therefore, in a way, we were just uh, favouring possibly the lowest common denominator in some cases. Mm-hmm. Now, the majority of pubs, I believe, are, are highly responsible and, uh, and probably put the right measures in place, though, though it's difficult to know whether they did or not. But, but even you know, the representatives of the industry were saying beforehand, we fear that there will be some who won't actually uh, abide by the measures and which are opening up prematurely. So what I'm saying is the, the measures where, where there, was, there wasn't an, enough notice 
given. There was 10 days uh, for, for the, the, the pubs uh, to actually review them. They were missing some uh, critically important uh, factors, I think, which could improve them a lot. And above all, uh, there, there was no proper monitoring, compliance or enforcement of good customer behaviour. But is it a case, Rory, that if you're going to say to open a pub, which is probably the you know, the best example you have of a social gathering in this country, certainly we have a great relationship with alcohol in this country, right? That when I look at the video of Dame Street, and, and I saw some of the comments online, mm. and they were calling them scumbags, murderers. There was one comment that I hope they go home and infect their whole family. And all, all I can see is maybe 150 people outside a pub enjoying themselves, having a chat, smiling, there was no trouble. And I'm going, why are we treating people like that? And why are we saying this to people? Those people, maybe four people started out at a table outside a pub. And then all of a sudden, other people joined in and they felt they kind of couldn't walk away. Now, I know the minister said, if you feel the the situation is getting crowded, you should walk away. But they're not going to be the heel and walk away from the party, so to speak. So, realistically, we can't avoid that. If you're going to open the pubs, we have to allow for that. And Matt Hancock in the UK, the Secretary for Health, said it himself, that they expected that to happen. Look, if you, if you look, if you go back and look at the measures, they were produced by Foil to Ireland, not by the Department of Health. Uh, I'd look through them to see, well, what, what kind of uh, consultation was there? And the Gardaí aren't mentioned in there. And yet, I think the Gardaí have played a sterling role. They have this, what, Operation Navigation. They're not mentioned in the guidelines. And they have been checking on what is 2,785 premises. They've been going back and rechecking where they haven't seen uh, uh, good compliance. But they actually don't have the enforcement powers that they need. There wasn't enough attention given to uh, putting out good, well-worked-through guidelines. And you're right in saying, in a way, the puncher is, is par- partly the victim of this. Um, in, in, in that because they're, they're, they're just doing what human beings do best, which is enjoy your night out. Yeah, so we, 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 we could have managed it better. We didn't. We've done most things pretty well in this country, and we should be proud of uh, you know, the Department of Health-led process, the Nesset-led process. Well, we, 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 we can debate wrong. the failures and, the, and uh, the misgivings of the government at a later time, and I'm sure. sure there will be inquiries into that as to what we did wrong and what we did right. Yes. But OK, so but you're saying that you know if we're not going to get this right, we should just close them. Now, 26 pubs are in a bit of trouble, and a file has been sent to the DPP. Now, they haven't named the pubs in question, but I think a lot of people know which ones it was, right? Uh, so you're saying... Well, I'm, think, sh- I'm thinking close for... for Three weeks. I suggested to the 4th of August, get past the bank holiday. One of the things that Britain did... But what difference is another three weeks going to make? Uh, With the greatest respect. Yeah, to put... uh, Now, in this piece, I suggested three additional measures that could make a lot of difference because the main thing in the guidelines are are about cleanliness, and that's important, and and, and hygiene. The, The enforcement authority is the health and safety authority, and their main responsibility is to look at, at staff welfare and that's important and there's a lot about distancing in there and, and but you get into a crowded pub distancing is, is difficult I've suggested three things one let's uh, screen all customers on on the way or all would-be customers on the way into the pub so what a temperature check on their head a temperature check one of these uh, non-touch uh, yeah the ones they like to, yeah, I know the ones yes, 50 yeah. euros yeah. ask about symptoms uh, this is part of the, the COVID tracker now. You think it's kind of obvious that somebody who had a cough or a fever or aches and pains, 
wouldn't turn up to a pub. But you can't make that assumption. <laughs> you know what it reminds me of? In the old yeah. day, the bouncer at the door would say, where are you from? Where are you come from tonight? You have, yeah. you have a few drinks. But so now we essentially want the security or the bouncer to say, have you got any symptoms of a cold? <laughs> and just and point this thing at you to do you take your temperature. And by the way, I did see that in one pub over the weekend. Um, yeah, I was, I I was actually driving by. I seen a, a bouncer outside the door and he had a yeah. thermometer and he was pointing at people's heads. I, I think there is a willingness uh, among the great majority of pubs to actually do this well, but they weren't just, there wasn't enough time to give them, you know, these guidelines, they should have consulted more with sort of public health professionals. One of the things that the pubs and pub managers are good at is if somebody has been drinking is clearly under the weather, they're capable of saying, oh, I don't think you should come in. And that would be the case here. Mm-hmm. The other thing, and, uh, and, and the Gardaí have reported, this was one of the main infractions was uh, uh, that, that the, the pubs hadn't taken the contact details. So I would say, uh, uh, you know, uh, criterion two, ent- entry criterion two, you have to give your name and your uh, 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 valid mobile phone number. And, and let, you know, let, let the, the bouncer enter it into his or her phone, you know, check that it's a valid number. Contact tracing is going to be very important if and when Irish pubs become super spreading super spreading of the virus yeah, but we, we, I, I'm sure you saw the article, I think it was the Irish Times yesterday, in relation to the app. And of course, a lot of people have downloaded the app at this stage. Nearly over a million people have downloaded mm. it. But unfortunately, the people who are really affected by COVID-19, as we know, COVID-19 is an ageist virus, certainly when it comes to mortality. Those who are really affected by it probably won't be using the app. Which is There's quite- a huge uh, education uh, job to be done. Uh, and I'm not, I, I'm not convinced, you know, a lot of us older people, you know, look at the news every night, uh, uh, we, we see what's coming from the Department of Health. I think there's a huge number of people. Not, there's many young people who follow the news in detail, but there's many people out there who, who don't. And I think there is a big job of education to be done. All right, well, listen, thank you very and much. And one, one last, yep. uh, now this is the one that probably elicited a few laughs, but one of the factors that we, we, we now believe to be uh, uh, among the most important factors for transmitting mm-hmm. the virus is the human noise. It's how loudly people talk, uh, sing. Oh, shout. I know what you mean. Yeah, 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 of course. And that is typical of the Irish pub. It's why tourists love going That's to That's how we shout roar and sing and dance. And, oh, by the way, but then, well, then I, never, I never asked you then. Uh, the, yeah. the, obviously, the information comes from the WHO, uh, which confuses me, this information. They're now suggesting that it could be somewhat airborne. Um, if these people that you know tell us this information, I mean, and, and people like yourself, and, and people mm. as intelligent, or possibly some more intelligent, some less intelligent than yourself, Rory, or have been in the business longer than you, or shorter than you, so these people who work with the WHO and advise the WHO and advise yeah. epidemiologists and immunologists around the world, if they're all such clever people, and we've been focused very much on this over the last five or six months, this particular virus. Why didn't we know this before now? How is it only now they've come up with this idea that it now might be airborne and we need to wear masks and work? No, we, we actually knew that it was aerosol-driven uh, from the start. And the aerosols are, are, are produced in the intensive care units in the hospitals. And that's one of the reasons why uh, doctors, nurses and those in, in ICU actually wear, wear high-grade masks. But when they, use the word, when they use the word airborne, you know... Uh, see, they're talking now about aerosol. Airborne, you can look, if you're coughing or, or sneezing, uh, you know, and, and droplets come out, they come out in the air, but they, they drop 
down. I know, similar to when you spray an air. To. Yeah, when you spray an air freshener in your bathroom, for example, you can see the droplets all going into the air for hanging around for a couple of seconds and then kind of slowly falling to the ground. Similar to that, that would be what you're talking about droplets. But this suggestion from them yesterday that it's more serious than that, and this yeah, an aerosol is much finer uh, yeah. particles than droplets, and and. It can get recirculated, particularly in, in uh, rooms that are poorly ventilated. Like an so, airplane. W- it, it, yeah, depending on, on how, how they, if they recirculate the air, that is very dangerous. And uh, in many ways, what was outside the pubs uh, last weekend was uh, less dangerous than uh, what, what could have been happening in the pubs if, if, they were, if they were poorly ventilated. All right, well, listen, thank you very much indeed, and I appreciate you coming on the air, Rory Brewer. Thank you very much indeed. All right, now, so Rory is essentially saying, leave them closed for another three weeks until we get it down a bit more and until we get it right, but do you agree with them? Uh, A lot of people are saying, well, I said during the week that we shouldn't have opened half of them. That was a stupid thing to do from the very, very start, that we should have opened all of them if we were going to open them because we would have diluted the problem and we may not have had the problem we had on Saturday night. Weekend is coming up again. Same thing's going to happen. You're going to have a lot of people want to go to 40% of the pubs that are actually open. Is that going to work? I don't believe it is. So I, I kind of agree with him in one sense. Either close them or open them, one or the other, but just don't open half of them. But Deirdre, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Deirdre? You're a publican. That's correct, Niall. How are you? Good. And you're closed at the moment. I am, Niall, yeah. I am. And I really do think that we've been treated very unfairly. Okay. And I'm assuming you're a wet pub. You don't serve food, obviously. That's correct, Niall, yeah. Okay, so you're, you're hoping for the 20th of July, but now the minister, well, should I say the Taoiseach, uh, Michal Martin, is now questioning that after the behaviour he said of people last weekend. Yes, Niall. Um, look, at Niall, I'm very aware of what happened at the weekend, and it's not acceptable. Now, um... It could be managed a lot better. I mean, the pubs, you know, shouldn't have been allowing that kind of behaviour to happen. But down the country, um, in rural pubs, like, it's going to be a lot different. We can manage it. We know our people. We know our clients. We don't want another spell of this COVID breaking out. I mean, I've put a lot of plans in place for my own pub. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to be closed for any longer. Um, but how are you going to do that, Deirdre, with respect? And I'm not having a go at you, but oh, no, if you're a rural pub and you have a lot of locals who know yes. each other, are you going to be jumping out from behind the bar every time? And I'm assuming you work behind the bar. Sorry, I'm making an assumption there. But I, I, are you going to be jumping out behind the bar every now and again and going, lads, lads, two metres, two metres, two metres? Look, at Nile, where I come from, I think people be very respectful, so I do, to each other. And it can be done. I know it can be done. I deal with uh, I deal with people every day of the week. And if you're reasonable with people, if they're not going to to to, to do what the, the procedure is, they shouldn't be in your pub in the first place. Okay, and, and how many patrons would your pub hold on a good busy night? Oh, well, you could hold. I have two. I have a function room and I have a bar, so I can do. I can I can hold two fifty in my function room, and I can hold another. 100 people, you know, in, in, in the bar area. Okay, and, and what are you, de- because of the guidelines, how much is that being reduced now? It's been reduced to, I can do in my bar comfortably 35 people. Right, and maybe what, 70 to 100 in your, in your function room? Yeah, I could do, yeah, we could do 150 comfortably, okay. you know. Because it's a big room. And I have, I have outdoor space as well. But yeah. like, I, like, I just think that from the whole start of this whole, um, episode of this COVID. We all closed our pubs and restaurants and whatever for the community and for the country. The government didn't act in time, so they didn't. And my, on, uh, this is my opinion. 
Um, I also think that the off-licenses should have been closed. We should have had a complete blanket ban on everything for the sake of six, eight, ten but weeks. People, yeah, but, yeah, but Deirdre, you couldn't have done that because people were in their homes. They had nothing else to do apart from having yeah, a few we, beers we, and enjoy the telly. Yeah, well, well what, what did it do, What did it do, Niall? It fueled parties. Oh, it did. It did, of course, yeah. And there was no... There's, I, I know for a fact there's parties every... It's not just Dublin-like. It's all over the country there was parties, right? No, there's no harm in, well, there's no what? harm in the odd party as long as people know each other and they're keeping in the guidelines. And no, I, I, but, the, but, the, but the problem for you, Deirdre, at the moment is, and for the pubs of Ireland, that if you're going to be restricted in the way you operate, which you are, um, yes. people are going to be thinking, sure, sure, what's the point in going to the pub? I can just have a few drinks in the house and invite my friends over. We can have a much better crack. It's not the same. Well, no, that's why I'm, I'm saying people yeah, are thinking. Even, even for me, Niall, from my point of view is, right, Niall, I love company. I love company. I like to come out and meet different yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, Regardless, like, you know, I, I'm not really a drinker as such myself. But I like, I'd like people... You like the social out, aspect like of it, people, yeah. You yeah. know, I see myself. I've met some of my own customers. And, you know, I had a barbecue. I'd done a barbecue for 10 people. Right, people, my customers. For just 10 people, we sat away from each other. And just for conversation, for people, they were downhearted. We're living in rural Ireland. We need people. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. It's very difficult for the mental health of those people who normally rely on that for their social... I can't take a second hit. Yeah, I know, yeah, I know. I I mean, I have stock in, ready to go. Are Are the breweries going to take it back again? They will not. And I can't see, you know, like, we're not going to survive. We are not going to survive out in rural Ireland. And how how have you survived? How have you survived thus far? I mean, did, did well, you I make a claim in your insurance, or how did you I get out? I can't. On? No, I'm not covered. Right. Okay. I'm not covered, and um, like I mean, for 64 days for leaving for, for leaving coolers running, with the anticipation of we opening because of the uncertainty for dates and etc. It cost me a thousand three hundred and ninety for electricity. Right, and that's money you just don't have. You're, I'm assuming you're just getting a COVID payment like everybody else. That's correct, yes. That's correct. Right, right, okay. Um, and while there are start-up grants and everything. And, and how, long have you, how long have you had that pub? I'm there 17 years. Right, okay. And did you buy it off somebody else or was it handed down to you to family? No, no, or? no I'm, I'm leasing it. Oh, okay, all right, okay. Because I know a lot of them would be family pubs. It'd be, and, you know, it's very sad to see businesses go. I mean, I, there was a business in England, somebody mentioned to me yesterday, I can't remember what it was, it was a, I think it was a shoe shop or a clothes shop in in London, and this particular clothes shop had been through both world wars, um, had been through depressions, recessions, and it's so old. And COVID nineteen closed it down. Yeah. And it, because it's and very it's difficult so for business sad. when you're completely closed. Yeah, I feel so sad for, for people in retail. Like I'm, I'm from, um, I'm from a place called Croke in County Limerick. It's just about four miles outside of there. The, the the pub is called Croke Park, so it's a GA pub, and and you know we have a good, you know we're very near a day and everything. We get a, a good flow of um, yeah. tourists and whatever. But like I mean, I'm looking at the shops in a day, the retail shops. They were hoping for the pro, the pro am was supposed to be on, and we were all looking for the overflow from it, like you know, which yeah. was going to be phenomenal. It should be on, it should be on this week, like yeah, and uh, or the next week, the twentieth, um, but. Uh, the shops have all bought in products for for this, you know, and it's gone. 
Yeah, yeah, I know. It's, look, it's, I, I, and look, my heart goes out to everybody in business, particularly eighty-five percent of the companies in this country, I believe, are small business. And I just, my heart goes out to them because they've lost so much money, and now they're still restricted in how much money they can actually make, obviously due to the, the restrictions on business. And and they're all waiting to hope that we can get back like, to some I level know, of normality. I know, no, I know, I know, I know, I know, dear. You know, it's it's just it's it's so. Well, I mean, but you've now, you've, yeah, but dear, you've now got an immunologist, Rory Brewer, who we spoke there a second ago, or an epidemiologist, so I say, uh, who's suggesting that um, we made a mistake, we closed, opened the pubs too early, and they should stay closed for the time being. But, Niall, right, Niall, I went into retail shops last week, clothes shops. Everybody's in there rocking around. In pennies and everywhere, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Touching off each other and pulling out of each other, and yeah, I see it, I see it all the time, yeah. Like, what is the difference? Well, I suppose they, the government and the, the health people will, will argue that it's a shorter period of time. So if you rock into pennies, you're literally only with people for a short period of time and then you're back out the door again. Well, depending on... I've seen women spend hours in pennies, to be honest with you. But, yeah. but in saying that, you go into a pub, you know, you're there for a longer period, you're in one place, you know, with the same same people for the same period of time and that's the argument, isn't it? Well, I spent nine hours in, 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 in A&E the other night and nobody asked me for a phone number or uh, anything. No, I know, I know, I know. There, there, don't get me wrong, there's contradictions and hypocrisy all I'm over the place. Yeah. Like, but I'm yeah. just, no, no, I agree with you. I agree with you, dear. There's absolutely contradictions all over society when it comes to these rules and regulations. It seems to be alright for some people to go to work but not others. But listen, Deirdre, I wish you well and I hope your pub gets to open soon. I hope you get back to business and get back to doing what you do best which is entertaining people and keeping the social aspect of rural Ireland going. Uh, keep uh, texting in. You've just heard uh, Professor Rory Brewer who is an epidemiologist and he's basically said, he's a professor of health by the way and epidemiologist at CSI, and he has basically said that the pubs kind of open too early and we should close them for another three or four weeks. Um, because it's just not going to work out. We need to focus a little bit more on getting this virus out of the country. Obviously, he believes the biggest risk is people coming into the country as well. And the biggest risk is people being too close to each other. While we still have it somewhat, he believes. Well, even though the risk is minimal, that's actually minute, um, he believes it's still a risk and it's not worth taking. I wouldn't necessarily agree with him, but maybe you do. Uh, the number is 087 That's 087 do you believe the pub should close again? A lot of them are in big trouble with the DPP at the moment. No, do you know what? I'm actually sick of listening about that COVID. Sick of it. How can you contain something when there's people flying in and out of the country? It's impossible. All we can do is just do our best. That's all you can do. Just be aware. That's all you do. And just deal with it afterwards if anything does happen. There's nothing really you can do about it. Yeah, kind of half agree with you. Yeah, well, I just wanted to ask it in relation to uh, schoolboy underage football that's starting back. Like, we're social distancing in pubs, we're wearing masks and buses and supermarkets, and there's contact sports starting back in the country. Like, so, yeah. what are we at? Like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this is the whole argument in relation to school teachers demanding, I suppose, well, not school teachers, but the unions demanding they have a safe place to work. I mean, when they are actually at very low risk from children. In the first place, is that you can never make anywhere relatively safe, to be honest with you, because there's always going to be a risk factor in human mistakes. I mean, he mentioned, of course, uh, Rory Brewer mentioned as well, that maybe we should have bouncers outside the door questioning you as to whether you had a cold and flu and taking your temper. And Richie says, uh, why stop at COVID, which is a rel- relatively benign virus? Uh, while we're at it, why not test for colds and flu and every other disease under the sun uh, every time you go in for a pint? And he's kind of got a point as well, because, I mean, we didn't test for other diseases 
before COVID-19. So, you know, when you went to a bar, a nightclub or pub before, nobody ever said to the door, how was your, te- your temperature? Have you got the flu? Because realistically, you would have infe- you could have infected people in there and somebody there might have an elderly parent or somebody vulnerable at home, but they could have died because, as I said before, 600,000 people die of that every year as well. And then there's other viruses along with that. I mean, meningitis and all types of other diseases and viruses as well. Uh, okay, loads and loads of texts are coming in. Somebody says, um, hi, Niall, just my personal opinion. The public have to take responsibility for themselves if the state bodies put the proper procedures in place such as temperature COVID testing at the ports and airports make masks mandatory in all enclosed spaces and then there is no more we can do except get on with it make masks mandatory everywhere are you mad Seamus you're on Classic Kids how are you doing Seamus How's it going, lad? Make masks mandatory everywhere. Could you imagine that? I don't know if that would work out. I don't think people. Ah, would. That's all crazy, really. I don't know whether people like... comply with that or not. But anyway, uh, getting well, back to the pubs, do you believe they should close? No, I think they should just open up at this stage, you know. Um, as you said, I mean, the, the numbers are quite low for the country. Um, I know compared to other countries, we're a much smaller country, but like overall, things seem to be getting back to normal. The stats on the news seem to be, you know, they're dropping dramatically. Like, I mean, I know we've had one or two deaths here and there, but it's, it's, it's pretty much minimal, you know. As you said, like from when you look at other ailments that people might have, diseases and whatnot, like a lot more people are dying in the country than COVID-19. Absolutely. So, look, there's, 90, you know, there's 90 people yeah, dying in Ireland every yeah, day of the week. I think, I think the national average is something like 88 people per day, isn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, die. Yeah, so I mean... Well, it's human nature. People do die. Yeah, Exactly. And, and, you know, when they look at the stats as well, it's not COVID-19 direct. COVID-19 is triggering off something else that's already um, well. well the, by the government's own admission last week, they had basically said that a lot of the people who died out of the seventeen hundred and eighty that we heard about, uh, most yeah. of them, or a lot of them, sorry, a lot of them, did not die of COVID nineteen. They just happened exactly. to be COVID nineteen positive. They died of another illness. Yeah. So on that, I mean, on that on that information alone, I think it's time to open up the doors, let people get back to normal. I mean, just as a side to it, like look at the you know people in the dating game or whatever else in life, their whole lives are put on hold. There's a lot of lonely people out there as well. Don't forget, young and old. Okay, well, well, what about what Rory? Again. What about what Rory Brew is saying that there's still a risk of infection? It's small. There's always going to be a risk. Okay, so, but are you happy enough that we should just take that risk? No, I think yeah, it's time. If, if, if it's mitigated and we've done well so far, like people need to just take precautions. Obviously, if you have some sort of serious illness or ailment, or, don't go to a pub. Health defects. Oh yeah, well you can go to a pub, wear a mask, but take yeah. you know do it, do it with an air of precaution. Like I mean. Again, like, I'll just use it as an example because, you know, something which might be quite, quite extreme, someone with HIV or who would have a low immune system or someone with cystic fibrosis, they, you know, they could suffer really greatly at the hands of uh, contracting COVID-19. So they, if they were out and about and socialising, even within a pub or any other um, uh, um, uh, open area or event, like a, a sports game at Croke Park or whatever it may be, they take the extra precaution, wear the mask, well, I, I, I imagine so before COVID-19 even came, across, came along if you had a weakened immune system or you were immune compromised yeah. that any big event like that would be a risk for you to take well they always yeah. will be yeah but they never spoke about it you know it's, it's, well, it was, it's, sometimes yeah. with, the, with the government as well it's a bit of a bandwagon you know the great Leo was a master at creating bandwagons in this country over the last number of years and he capitalised on those bandwagons and now I know strictly speaking well he is still in power he's honest but like he himself was you know he sent out a celebrity photographs in the news there um, last week, getting a photo bomb by somebody outside some uh, 
Oh, yeah. Restaurant. And he, and he wasn't social distancing from the guy. No, and he wasn't wearing a mask either, you know. No. And his partner was right in front of him. And then he was uh, arm in arm with the, with the guy who did a photo bomb with him, you know. I know, I know. He, he do, he, Leo is a classic example of do as I say and not as I do. I do. And he's exactly. always been, and I think he's always been like that. Hi, now. Somebody else says, pubs, uh, how's your temperature? Bouncer says again, uh, go, go on in there. A uh, good cold point will cool you down. It probably will. Stephen, well, stay there for a second, Seamus. Stephen, you're on Classic Kids. Stay there, Stephen. You there, Stephen? Okay, I think we've lost him there. Hold on, I get Stephen now. Sorry, I do apologise for that. Hold on. Sorry, Stephen. Oh. Go ahead, Stephen. How are you, Noel? How are you? Um, Stephen, go ahead. What do you want to say? Just, uh, I spoke to one of your researchers there. I can't understand the mixed message that's coming out, I suppose, in relation to uh, applying rules to the likes of buses, wear masks, and pub social distancing, and then we're having amateur contact sports starting back to you know, there's a lot of, of mixed messaging going on. Well, it is. There's a lot of contradictions going on, yeah. yeah. Yes, which is hard for people to understand. And I suppose I agree with the last guy there who said, if, if you don't feel comfortable in a pub or you don't want to go, then that's your personal choice. Maybe, maybe they should open them back up a, a little more freely and allow people to make that decision themselves. Well, I, I did think it was a stupid idea to open uh, approximately 40% of them because then, you know, the same amount of people are want to go to go out. So they're all going to go to the same pubs and then you're going to yeah, have a problem. Like in my area, there there's one or two pubs who aren't open. So then the, the two the two pubs that are are picking up the pick up the business footfall, footfall from them too. Like, so, yeah, and, so and unfortunately can't and they can't let everybody in. Unfortunately, so no. And we and we, myself and my wife have gone out twice to two different locations, and on one occasion we had to leave because the place was wedged. Like yeah, and did you, you did know? you feel unsafe when the place was wedged? Just just felt uncomfortable, not to be honest. You know. Mm, okay. Um, yeah, it probably shouldn't be wedged anyway. Like we shouldn't be wedged. No, it shouldn't. <laughs> no, you well, know? not currently at the moment. It's not meant to be wedged. No, no but but in general, I'm, t- I'm talking. It, it could be a little bit more better managed, I suppose. We're so used to having as many people as you can get into a public. Is that what it's all about? That's what Ireland was always about, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, well, that's true, yeah. The crack. <laughs> you can squeeze two more in there, lads. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just yeah. get them in. Okay, well, stay there for a second because I want to go to Jim straight after the break because unfortunately I have to take a break, uh, Jim, so I will be with you in a second because I know you're driving. Uh, keep texting, keep WhatsApping. Number is 87 188 The question is, should we close the pubs for another two or three weeks until we get this right? I, uh, I was just wondering about that COVID-19 what if it's like chicken pox, where it's it's better to just get it and get over it and then you're immune to it rather than live your life in fear for the next however many years until they make a vaccine? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, some people might get sick and, and take a turn for the worse and die, but 95% of the people will probably just get over it and then they don't have to worry about COVID anymore. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot of people thinking. That was kind of what Boris Johnson was thinking about a while ago, which is called herd immunity. And I get what you're saying. And it's, you know, in some sense, we've been teaching people for 100 years about herd immunity when it comes to vaccines and when it comes to getting viruses. Do you remember your mother, if she spotted somebody with chicken pox and you were a child, they'd actually drag you over beside them. Go over and touch off them and get the chicken pox while you're young. Jim, you're a classic kids. How you doing, Jim? Mr. Noyle, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Jim. Should we close the pubs again? Uh, I think we've sort of given in to the, listen to the publicans crying there for the last uh, few months, you know. I mean, well, well they've a fair reason to cry. They're losing a lot of money. Look, Niall, there's no way to sugarcoat this. Travel brought coronavirus into Ireland and travel's going to bring it back again. That's the reality. Now, when you have, say, certain sectors of the community, like the pubs, I mean, you've seen what happened there in, in that uh, Dame Lane there. No, I don't believe anything happened in Dame Lane apart from people having a good time. All up on top of each other. Yes, I know, I know. 
And yes, people should have been... No, I believe people should have been more responsible. But as far as I'm concerned, it's not the crime of the century, but go on. The public is number one should have been more responsible. And they've shown how irresponsible it is. All You can see going around on social media, like these bar tabs, uh, one chicken, goujons and chips... 58 points of Heineken, you know? <laughs> I did say that. Yeah, but I mean, the, but the very idea that if you spent nine quid on a meal, somehow it was uh, it was going to protect you from COVID-19 was ridiculous in the first place. Yeah, but the publicans will bend the rules. I mean, they're all crying. Of course they'll bend the and rules. Then, and, and then they get open and then start acting the maggot, putting seat outside where they've no licence to put seat in. But, uh, but hang on, but hang on. In Dublin City, for example, a uh, city area like around in and around Temple Bar, yes, you're not allowed to put seating outside without permission, but there should be an exception made for three months because of the position that they're in. I mean, look, you've got Temple Bar Square there, which is like a 200 metre square. Why aren't they allowed to put a few seats out there and tables and chairs and umbrellas out there? Well, you get a licence and you do it properly through a permit. Well, well, how long is that going to take Dublin City Council to give a pub a licence to have people sitting outside, for God's sake? Just let I them let them do I it for the time believe, being. I can't believe on air you're defending the actions of the publicans. I can't believe it. Okay, well, I, well I, and I don't even drink. Well, well, stay there and let me go to Ronan as well because he is a public. And Ronan, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Ronan? How are you, Niall? How are things? Ronan, I'm not condoning pubs breaking the rules because they should try their best to implement the rules as well as possible. But I imagine it's not easy. Well, I, I'm actually closed at the moment. Okay. And um, we're due to reopen on the 20th. Well, maybe if Michal Martin has his way, you won't be, but go on. I will be open on the 20th. Right, whether you come hell or high water. Come hell or high water, I will be open because I have suffered enough the last few months and, and I put a lot of effort and a lot of work into the place to, to get it compliant and I am going to open. Okay, the, the other pubs in your area, some of them which wouldn't be wet bars, right? They'd be serving food or a nine euro meal. Uh, what I mean, generally, have you noticed, are they being compliant? Uh, well, no, in all fairness, no, Nile. It's not for me to comment on that, if you know what I mean. Well, <laughs> what are you trying to say to me, Ronan? Are you, are you, are they, well, okay, clearly some are not being compliant, but are, in, in, I mean, generally speaking, are they trying to be compliant? Yeah, well, I think the majority of them are, yeah. Because, majority. I mean, you, you can't, unfortunately, you can't babysit people. I did see one, no, no, there was a video going around of a guard in Temple Bar, right? And he would call the manager of the pub out to the front door and he was shouting and roaring at him because there was loads of people queuing up to get in outside, right? Now, in a busy Temple Bar, there was loads of people and the guard yeah. was saying, they're your responsibility. And the bar owner was saying, well, I, do, I don't have an orderly queue outside. I just have what's inside. This is not my queue. They just happen to queue up to want to get into my bar. I can't be responsible for them being outside my pub. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's fair enough. Yeah. And the, right. and the guard was telling him, I'll close you down if you don't sort out the queue. And he's, Now, why are they his responsibility? Because they're queuing up outside his pub. Well, they, they, they shouldn't be his responsibility. Mm. And they're not his responsibility either. But come here, listen, Niall, just going back to that thing on Dame Street that, uh, last night. Yeah, yeah. Um, where they were serving out a hatch or whatever. Was, was that after 10 o'clock? Because off-sales are, are banned from 10 o'clock, aren't they? Uh, it probably was after 10 because we're in the height of the summer and it doesn't get dark till about 10 o'clock, half nine, ten. And, yeah, well, it, was, and it was dark, yeah. Yeah, so it was after, it was after 10. I'm assuming so. Yeah, well, off-sales are... Not, not permissions after 10. Yeah. Um, one other thing. Uh, the roundabout pennies there a while ago. People going into pennies. Yeah. Do they only go into pennies? Do they not go to other shops? Well, they do, yeah. And, make, and mix with more and more and more and more people. 
Yeah, I suppose. I, I see. I, I'm agreeing with you. By the way, I'm not disagreeing with you. There's yeah. absolute contradictions in the rules and regulations around different businesses. Yeah, yeah. but say I, at Royal Pub here in Sewell in County Mayo, the ten or twelve people that I come in every evening that I haven't had in for four months, when those people come in, they're not mingling with anybody else. Nobody yeah. else. Yeah. Nobody else. But if they're going into pennies, they're going to go to, I'm not going to mention any other shops, but they're going to go to all other shops and be in contact with more people and more people and more people. Yeah. No, I agree. You know, I'm not disagreeing with you. But, but I, Roland, I'm the one who said last week that this idea of opening 40% of pubs that serve food is ridiculous. The majority would be in Dublin, by the way. Um, I'm telling you, in, in, time, in time to come, when people hear about this in the future, they're going to have a good laugh. Oh, yeah, they should have opened all of them because what happened on Dame Street wouldn't have happened if all the pubs had been open in Temple Bar because they would correct. have distributed around different pubs. Correct, 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 correct. A child would know that. But, well, the child, if you want to refer to him as that, Mial Martin, the other day, said, if that behaviour continues, we'll have to reconsider the 20th of July. He's actually well, going the opposite way. Well, I'll tell you now. So, in other words, he wants to punish you for it. Rural Ireland is not going to suffer for something that happens in Dublin. And I'm not just picking on Dublin. No, but don't pick on Dublin if you want, because the majority no, of this crap is happening in Dublin. I agree with you. why we should suffer. We've been left behind here, down the west of Ireland, for years and years and years by various governments, everything. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've had enough anyway, and I, I'm, going to be, I'm going to be open Monday week. All right. Well, best of luck, and I'll talk to you then, Ronan, I'm sure. Give, give, us, a, give us a ring the next day and tell us how you get on. I I will, I suppose, yeah. Yeah. We'll get on, we'll get on fine, because yeah. we always get on fine down here. We always do our own thing, you know? Yeah. Okay, no, I understand. I'm, I'm, all, yeah. I'm, I'm supporting you, by the way. I'm not against you. Yeah. Right. If you're down around the west, pop in for a pint or a coffee. <laughs> all right, Ronan, listen, thanks very much oh, indeed. All right, nice. See you, Ronan. Bye, 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 bye. There you go, Ronan's got to be open. I never got the name of his pub, by the way. Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hit.